1: So my next interview is with Brock Cahill. He was a a dear friend of Rob Stewart's who was involved in the making of the film Sharkwater Extinction, Rob Stewart's film that premiered, uh, world premiere, uh, just last month at the Toronto International Film Festival. And Brock and I didn't get a chance to talk then, and so we were able to do that just in the last couple of days. And the film is coming out in the next few days. And so October 19th, uh, twenty. 2018, uh, the film will be released theatrically uh, across Canada, so so look for it. You're going to want to see this film. It's uh, For those of you who, who don't know about Rob Stewart, you should know about his work. Sharkwater was a groundbreaking film. Uh, a few years back, that that changed policy, that, that created a whole group of activists. That that I mean, that, talk about the definition of the splash and ripple effect, and 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 how that can play out, and and, and you're seeing more of it now, in in uh, Rob's new film Sharkwater Extinction. So Brock and I talked uh, about a whole lot of things. We we, we talked about, uh, we talked about Toronto's compassion. Uh, we talked about the reception that the film uh was uh, did get and is uh, continuing to get and we we talked about shark products and sharks and predators and speedo bathing suits and why uh we should all probably want to to hang out and swim with sharks at some point uh, in our life, we talked about the dark side of human nature. We talked about neurotoxins uh, being amassed in these, you know, as Brock says, in these in these long life creatures. We talk about the camera being this instrument of light and and shining that light in the darkness. And isn't that what Rob's life was really all about? And certainly what uh, this uh, film is all about as well. You're going to hear about some policy like wins with respect to drift um, drift net fishing. I, think I was going to call it the wrong thing, drift net fishing. And, um, just had a great time with Brock talking about his, uh, passion for, for, for this, uh, not only for this film, but for this initiative, his love for Rob and, uh, sharkwater.com is where you can find out more about it. So stay tuned for the interview. Get out to see the film, October 19th theatrical release coming uh, soon to a theater near you. Uh, davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and speaking, and also face-to-face live for a whole slew and host of other interviews. We're, we're around the corner from interview 400, and uh, stay tuned for probably about, uh, oh, I'd say about a 10 or 12 more interviews coming out of the Toronto Film Festival. Some really interesting authors coming up, Bridget Delaney and Wellmania. And, you know, if you like what I'm doing here, you can support that through Patreon. And if, if you can't do that, please at least head to iTunes and leave a review there. We would certainly appreciate it. Coming up, Brock Cahill talking about Sharkwater Extinction. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here today at the Royal York Hotel, uh, post-Toronto International Film Festival, which is, was kind of heartbreaking for me, Brock, when I found out I wasn't going to be able to interview you during the festival. But hey, we made it a couple weeks later. Brock Cahill is here with me today to talk about an important new Canadian film, Sharkwater Extinction yeah, thanks, thanks, David. Yeah, thanks for your time. I just, I'm amazed that you've been able to cram it in. You've got a screening tonight?
0: Yeah, we do, yeah. Wide
1: wide release uh, on Friday, the 19th of October. That's correct, yeah. What, what, what are your expectations? Well,
0: so far, the, the outpouring of compassion and support for the film has been stellar. As you said, it launched here at TIFF, which is Rob Stewart's hometown, and he was a favorite son of this city. So it's a beautiful thing to witness everybody rally around him and the cause and you know help us push this forward but besides that the reviews are rave you know mm. everyone's yeah, loving they really are and by the yeah. way
1: congratulations oh thanks man yeah f- to everybody yeah to, to the few people i met in the film or through the film i guess and the yeah. team itself and the family big shout out to everybody involved it's uh Uh, beyond a labor of love it's a a great film it's an important film but it's also there's something else going on with this one it seems to me
0: yeah I agree with you and it's a it's a promise and Mm. you know an honoring Mm. of someone that I consider to be a true hero and a role model and a teacher of mine throughout the course of my I life. L-
1: I love, I love Rock Howe at the end of the film, and I don't know who it was. It might even have been Rob's dad. Somebody said, well, Rob's job's not done yet. Yeah. And, and it just, I, I think that's what the quote was. And it just, it's, it's only, it's only beginning.
0: Yeah, it is only beginning. And you know, the truth of the matter is only a legend of this status could have done what he did in his life. And then maybe even superseded that with what he's going to do after the fact right the you know? legacy value the legacy of, it all, of right? what he has left
1: behind for us is massive and it's important i'd love to use, you know some of the shots and as the credits are rolling and i encourage the the listeners and the viewers out there to make sure you watch right through to the end of the film the credit sequence beautiful lovely stuff going on there but some of the shots of him at schools yeah. And I knew Rob a little bit, and I interviewed yeah. him a few years back, as I mentioned to you earlier. But just that passion, that ability to say, I'm going to step into this room that there might only be 20 or 30 kids here, but I'm going to go anyway, and I'm going to talk to them, and I'm going to plant a couple of seeds. Yeah. I, I just lo- And that hopeful idealism of Rob really comes through uh, in the film. It does,
0: and it's funny that you mention that because uh, just before I met you, we were out in Oakville at a school that he went and spoke to regularly, and in the audience there was one of the kids that was there in that first generation seeing shark water that's now a marine biologist and a marine wow. veterinarian, yeah. and she st- stood up and said, I was here 10 years ago, and I just finished my degree, and now look what's yeah, happened. that's and crazy. I'm Rob get, inspired me to do this. I'm getting you know? goosebumps. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's crazy, and and those that that ripple effect, right? It's just how how can you even know how far that reaches i mean to me that's an argument for getting involved yeah right because so tell, tell me a little bit about that i want to hear more about your 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 involvement in the film itself and how you i guess helped to bring it all together and you're in it and you're you're a diver and you clearly have a passion for all the same things that rob had uh but but um can you talk to me a little bit about um well, what's the opening line that Rob says? The only option I have is to not give up. Is it's to not give up. Is to not give up. Yep. And and can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, this this marine biologist who's just graduated, clearly she didn't give up.
0: That's right. Yeah, And and Rob was a brilliant example of that. And, you know, a lot of times throughout the journey, and we've been working together for more than a decade at this point, a lot of times it's easy to get a little bit down, you know, and to feel the weight of the mission that we've undertaken and if you're to give up what what's, what's going to happen? All hope is lost and it goes down the toilet because there wasn't another voice for the oceans or for sharks like robs. But in his voice being blasted through the megaphone and through the medium of film, it allows other voices to pick up and become part of the chorus, you know? So for myself included that's how I was introduced to Rob about 10 years ago when shark water was being released i saw him on the cover of a magazine and here's this dude free diving with sharks in his speedo and i was like what the who is this guy
1: yeah i just want to be clear i don't own a speedo just for the record
0: <laughs> you're gonna have one after this interview i'm gonna send you home with one actually <laughs> it's okay. yeah got it's it. like part of your souvenir package oh, that's fantastic yeah yeah okay. you're gonna really got enjoy it. it yeah so next i'll expect to see photos of you on yes. the cover of a magazine new
1: promo photos for yes, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> face to face yes yes yeah face to speedo it. that's that right it be interesting got it
0: yeah so anyway, I see this guy and I'm like, well, that's weird. And uh, who is he? And right. I come to find out he's Rob Stewart and he's making a film called Shark Water. And then, of course, I had to see it. I was I was interested in sharks from a very young age and into the ocean as well, living in California. And uh see his film and I was blown away, absolutely flabbergasted by this dude's charisma and his, you know, not going to take no for an answer and going to step up and going to step in and going to make a difference in the world. And I was like, I want to do that too. So I call him and I was like, "Hey man, how you doing? My name's Brock. Can I help?" <laughs> nice. He's like, "Yeah. Sure. What do you do?" You know? Right. I I you know, love to have your help, but how could you help?" And I was like, "I don't know. I teach yoga." Um so I don't know what I could do yet. he's like, well, you could teach me yoga. <laughs> I said, that's a great idea.
1: Good place to start. Yeah.
0: So we started practicing. Were you not yoga diving together. Then? I was diving, but, um, on a different level, you know, than I, than I was able to continue to practice with. And, um, Rob taught me a lot about the ocean and about sharks, and he was my dive buddy for over 10 Mm. years. Mm. And uh, whilst I was diving at that point, it was not to the degree that, you know, or to the level that we we ended up ultimately diving at. So I was leading a yoga retreat down to Mexico, and I invited him to come along, and we were going to go free diving with whale sharks there. That was the plan for the retreat. And he said, "Uh, I'd love to come. So that's how we became acquainted with one another. I, I became love,
1: friends. That's pretty pretty cool story. I mean, talk about sort of. I mean, it makes sense when you look back, right? It's the classic. Yeah. Maybe didn't didn't make sense at the time. Yoga teacher. How does that fit into this story? Yeah. But when you look back, it starts to make sense, which I which I love about all of this stuff. I mean, again, another argument for diving in. You know. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended, of course. But anyway, um, opening opening shots. I love the opening establishing shot, and I think it's a bra. It's it's a gorgeous photography in this film, by yes. the way. As everyone will expect, I'm sure. Yes, and, they will, and, and it delivers, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's help me out, but but it's an underwater shot to above the water to back below the water. Right. This this is Rob Stewart. This, this was, is Rob this Stewart. This was his life. Yeah, this this was, was his life.
0: This 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 is an introduction to him and that monologue that you talk about, like
1: well not I love to up. I love to where he says I was I, 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 I got out of the water and I was one and a half miles from where I, I should was have was supposed be. to be <laughs> is this not Rob Stewart yeah I, but, I didn't really know him that well yeah I but mean, it's
0: just right yeah shit happens you, you know you can never prepare for everything that goes on especially in the ocean it's a grand force and we spent a lot of time in the water thousands of hours of course over the the, the course of our careers together and you know you, you never take it for granted and you never know what she's gonna give to you and you never know what she's gonna take from you which is what I've found out the hard mm-hmm. way through this process but to go back to your question about that establishing shot yeah it was this beautiful like underwater sand dune field that we found in the Bahamas and we got in the water and we're looking at it. And it's beautiful blue water of course but then we look at this the scape of the bottom and it's just these rolling sand dune hills and Rob looks at it. And he goes, "That'd be kind of a cool shot." I was like, "Yeah, give me the camera, get in there, Frida." And we got a couple of those opening shots of popping up and then diving back in and watching him do like an almost underwater ballet of sorts.
1: That's that's how the film ends too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's nice, yeah, beautiful. It's, it's Hopefully, beautiful people shot. are already look, uh, eager to, to 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 get out there and get their tickets for opening night. Rob was um, so
0: excited about the technology and how it's yeah. come a long way since you know he started making film and and particularly. For this film, with the cameras that we were shooting on, they're, they're red cameras that shoot in super high definition, right. 6K, right. and in super high frame rates, meaning we could slow the sharks down to something that humans could like relate to, and they could see the personalities of the sharks as they were swimming by us and get to know what their vibe was so that they could see sharks how we would see sharks. And it was, you know, it was a spectacular event. It's, it's amazing to see it on a big screen.
1: It, yeah, it's gotta be pretty exhilarating too. I mean, there's there's something about, you know, I, one of Rob's I think favorite lines was talking about this, I don't know, awesome predator or something along yeah. this line. Like he la- he loved to remind the audience or or the camera that this was a predator. Yeah. And so, okay, so help me out here. Yeah. And if Rob was here, I'd say the same thing. And I am saying the same thing to him. Huge amount of respect. Beautiful animal. I have no interest in swimming with it though, I don't think. So really? No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe maybe you could ch- well with the speedo, maybe yeah, every, maybe it, everything changes. When you're yeah. armor
0: clad in your speedo <laughs> and we get you in the water with sharks, I think everything will change. Do you
1: know what the truth is? That's not true actually, Brock. I do have an interest in doing it. But yeah. I think there's still this sense of even those gorgeous shots at the end of, of Rob swimming and putting his hand out and the stroking of the you know. I don't know if I could be that guy, but maybe, maybe I'd surprise myself. You
0: absolutely would, because what you would recognize is that everything that you've been taught and told about mm. these animals is not correct. Mm. You know, that, that was the, the changing point for me. When I first got into the water and I saw a shark was not the menacing, mindless, black-eyed monster that just wants <laughs> right. to eat you immediately, <laughs> right. you know, that's just not true. It's not even close to the truth, and Rob explains that well in the film. He says, the first time I met a shark, I was nine. And it was more afraid of me than I was of it. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I had a similar experience. I get in the water, and I'm, I'm interacting with this animal, and I recognize that it can feel what I'm doing and what I'm, sent, what I'm putting out into the world. It's a vibrational thing. Sharks are credited with two extra, extra senses than human beings are credited with. I think we have those, we just don't utilize them. We
1: don't use them, yeah. To be
0: honest with you. And there, Sounds
1: like something a yoga teacher would say.
0: There you go. <laughs> now you're getting the correlation, That's right? right. Yeah. You know, and there is a spiritual connection and yes. a communication yes. that happens. Yes. Whether we like to recognize it or not, when we have an emotion or a feeling, we put off electromagnetic energy. It's proven by science. I don't think anybody will, you know, Argue with me on that. But the truth of the matter is, when we put that out there, the shark can receive it. And then they can transmit their own back. And Mm. Rob and I, being in the water so much together, we found ways to first communicate to the shark our intention. We're not here to hurt you. We're not here to take your food. We're not here to be your food. So Right. And then it it eventually turned into like, holy shit, we're excited to see you. Right. You know, you look beautiful today. And then all of a sudden the shark would come up and, oh, thank you, swim through my legs and give a little kiss on the mouth and and, start flirting. When you, whatever you put out there, the shark is a mirror and they will reciprocate your energy. So if you're scared and freaked out, uh, they're going to be the same way. They're going to be scared and freaked out and respond in ways that. You know, I remember. I remember similar. being in
1: uh, Cape Cod a few years ago, mm-hmm. and there was we were on a beach, uh, uh, a beach I had grown up going to Cape Cod, and didn't really know the shark thing as a kid. I I remember holding the book Jaws in my hand and, you know, that whole, I'm sure yep. Rob had some pretty emotional things to say about uh, that book and the film yeah. and all that, but in yep. the craze that it sort of started. But but I remember a photocopy, and it had two pictures. It had an image of a great white and an image of a, help me out, a whale shark maybe? I don't know. What's Couldn't the shark, shark that looks like a great white?
0: Um, in that neck of the woods, in that region, yeah. it
1: could be a basking shark. Maybe that's or what Or it was. maybe a poor beagle. And basically what they were saying to everybody was, just Relax. The odds of a gray-white here were probably kind of slim. I mean, I know there's been other some some other things happening in that area of, of late, but most of the sharks you're seeing around here are not going to hurt you. Yes. I mean, I just thought it's kind of kind – of, but what was also interesting to me, Brock, was it was a photocopy. Uh-huh. It was like this crummy, faded photocopy on the side of a chips and gravy shack. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I understand what you yeah, mean. Yeah, like there wasn't this greater sense of advocacy around this. No, it was just no. If you're walking by, you might happen to see this
0: yeah. kind of thing. Well, it's interesting that in that time period, there'd still be like, don't freak out because that's the time that you're talking about of Jaws and all the media was hysterical. It was hysterical. You know, like I I remember hearing some stat that the summer after Jaws came out, like beach towns almost went bankrupt or whatever. Yeah, that
1: doesn't surprise me. Well, Rob talks about the, you raised the stat and I know he's talked about it many times before and probably in the last interview I did with him, but uh, um, it's not traffic accidents, but he talks about some more people die by this than shark water deaths. Any number of things. any number of things. exactly. Yeah, I mean you yes. name it. Yes, five
0: yeah. people a year on average succumb because of a shark bite. Yeah, you know, it's, so it's, yeah, it's just. It's, <laughs> Julie was mentioning ten thousand people a year die in accidents on the toilet. You know. <laughs> So you name you name yeah, it's it. It's not funny, but it's there's riskier. A, it's, you know? it's
1: riskier going to the washroom. Don't go to the bathroom than swimming with a shark. I'm yeah, saying. that's insane. Um, so 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 shark water shark water extinction. Is it as bad as the title sort of suggests?
0: And then some, bro. Mm. I mean, like, you know, the shark water had a massive impact in the world, and it made a lot of changes, and it raised a lot of awareness. It changed government policy in numerous countries and protected swaths of millions of miles of ocean. And you know, it made shark finning illegal in places where hundreds of millions of people live. But alas, we're still fishing more sharks out of the ocean today than we were then. And some estimates have skyrocketed to 150 million sharks a year. At that point, it was estimated around 80 to 90 I, million yeah, sharks. Yeah, I thought a year. that was the
1: number. Like yeah. 80 to 90 were, were unaccounted for, that were sort of going missing, if yeah, you
0: will. Yeah, that's now. Right. Now we can say 80 million sharks are accounted for in the shark fin soup trade. But where are the rest of them going? That leaves another maybe 70 million sharks that are just disappearing. And we had no idea what they're being used for, where they're going. So that was the premise behind this film. If, you know, the first film had a positive impact and raised awareness, but unwittingly created new markets for shark products because we didn't want people just to be slicing fins off of them and throwing the carcass back. So now there's markets for shark meats. They're being used in fertilizers and pet foods and cosmetics. Cosmetics, You know, all kinds of different industries have taken up the mantle of using shark product because it's readily available. In a lot of places, shark has to be landed with the fin attached to the carcass. So they've had to figure out ways to use the rest of it. I know, me either, but now suddenly these markets have become lucrative. And now there's even more demand for shark products. So not only do we have a finning problem, we have a fishing problem and we cannot continue to fish sharks the rate we're fishing them or the oceans will ultimately fail because the sharks are the architect of the oceanic ecosystem and as the apex level predator they control all the food chain beneath them and it's called a trophic cascade if you take any level of the food chain out, something else is going to have to compensate for it. But if you take the apex predator out of the food chain, everything
1: else is going to go haywire. You know what's interesting, normally, at least I would, I mean, maybe my listeners don't think this way or others don't, scientists probably don't think this way, but I think of environmental damage being, you know, putting something into the ocean. I don't often think of it as taking something out. I can understand the logic, but it goes both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. This is the balance that we're talking about.
0: You know, it's like the ocean... Whilst vast and like extremely powerful, it's also really vulnerable, and especially now today, with everything that we've put into it and everything that we've dragged. The
1: numbers out. sound so crazy, you know, 70, 80 million. It just sounds insane. But there's a couple scenes in the film that just really bring it home. And I remember in Shark Sharkwater was the the, the, the same. And you've you got that wonderful drone shot of. Of that one panel that you slowly focus in on yeah which is you know kind of not only mind-boggling but really um, revealing yeah you know the the how, how how sort of underground sort of sort of this has gone yeah not, not quite it's still in your face but it's a little less in your yeah face. But trying you to
0: cover it up a little bit
1: yeah trying to go co- but you guys come across uh, um, uh, what is it what um what, what am i looking for bags of shark fins that have been uh, um, uh, car, pe- people trying to smuggle them out of the country. Yeah, confiscated in, 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 in Panama. Con- that's right, confiscated yeah. in Panama. Yeah, in in bags of luggage. Was that what what it well, was? Well, they was were they were in shipping sh- containers. Th- yeah, in shipping yeah.
0: containers for the most part. And there was forty thousand shark I, fins. That's
1: what I was going to get to. Forty, almost forty thousand shark fins. And you get a sense for all of a sudden you really get a sense for the tangible scope.
0: Yeah, right. So imagine. What kind of scope this is? Because in Panama, not only you know do we have mature sharks, but it's also as you remember in the film, a a hammerhead shark rookery. So these are baby hammerheads, hammerheads. wiping out generations of sharks indiscriminately. There's no like law on size, you know, and no regulation as there are on a lot of different species. Has to be this big in order for you to take it. They're taking everything. You know, and the baby sharks, of course, their fins are being used for the soup, but they're also being sliced up and used mm-hmm. in things like ceviche, and being sliced into little kind of fillets that look like scallops, and they can be passed off as scallops, wow. and it leads to this whole thing of mislabeling and sure, know, sure. Not pe- people not knowing what they're whole, eating.
1: Whole other level of crime, frankly, and fraud and all kinds of things, right?
0: Lies, yeah, yeah, it's wild, and and it's really putting people at risk because as the apex level predators. Pollutants, contaminants, PCBs, right. mercury, neurotoxins—they amass in these high-level and long-lived creatures. So, to lie about it and say that this is a scallop and it's a hammerhead shark, which, you know, is highly toxic to human beings, is—it's mm-hmm. it's just trying to throw, you know, cancer into the human population, basically. So,
1: so are, um, would you do? You did you resonate? Do you resonate with Rob's line about how, as a kid, I guess, or later on in life, he ended? He said, "I ended up liking animals more, more than people." Would you, you know? And we talked a little bit about that before the recorder was on, but and and I want to get back to some of the. The, the the policy wins even that that we talked about briefly. But wh- where are you with that yoga instructors? Typically, I'd go, okay, they they like humanity, you know, they they, they see value in other human beings and <laughs> yeah. so on. But you gotta, you've seen a pretty dark side, no doubt, and you and it comes out in the film in yeah. a variety of ways. What, can you talk to me a little bit about
0: that? Dude, it's a roller coaster ride to be point blank honest yeah. with you. You know, like yeah. um, <laughs> a lot of times, and especially at different points in my life, I have. <laughs> much preferred the company of animals than human beings. And you're right. I have seen a lot of darkness. Um, but Rob was a supreme example of somebody that wanted to make sure that we continued on the light side. You right, know, right. The only thing that'll drive out dark is light. You know, yeah, I and mean, he absolutely. was, he was very similar to like great prophets like Martin Luther King and Gandhi that yeah. would, you know, approach things nonviolently and with a sense of love Because he recognized that, you know, we're not fighting against these human beings. They're not monsters. They are just trying to do the best they can, you know. So we have to connect to them and allow them to care about the issue in the way that we do. And we're not going to do that by fighting them.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, near the beginning of the film, he talks about, uh, you know, policy changes, empowered youth, and advocacy, like some of the things that— Really, actually, come out of this kind of work. Now he's he's able to do things, uh, or was able to do, and yourself included. You know, filmmakers. Not everybody's going to be a filmmaker, right? But boy, things have changed in the age of the iPhone 10 and the S Nine Plus, and so on. You yes. can, right? Yeah, we've we've and 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 this is where I get excited. Yeah, I agree planning with you. those seeds of change, right? And, and yeah, and, and, and see, I was just going to say, Diane Ackerman said, I think it was in the book *A Natural History of the censorship The purpose of light is, or sorry, the purpose of art is to shine light. In the darkness, which is a beautiful line, right? And it is it, a beautiful it's, line. It, it's so uh, an advocacy as art, right? Yeah, Education, and I, I wholeheartedly right? agree with you yeah.
0: there. And it brings up a point of what a camera is. It's an instrument of light, right? That's what right. it's meant to nice. do is capture nice. that yeah, and sure. display it in a certain way, and that's what we're trying to do with it, you know. And of course, it's going to <laughs> capture the. The absence of light when there's that too, but a dark screen doesn't inspire much of anybody. Right, right, know? right. So right. we got to do our best to portray light in in the best way possible.
1: What? Well, well, why do you think? I mean, I think I know, and I don't want to answer the question for for anyone. But I so uh, I love your insight. So so many issues that Rob could have picked up on. Yep. And you can ask this question about anybody who does any kind of yep. advocacy work or gets into politics or takes on a leadership role, you know, why this and not something else. But you know, clearly it started at his childhood and yep. and he'd have a probably pretty rich answer for me right now. But what what's your sense? Just as you know, as I'm sure there's listeners out there who are well, we're all young at heart. It's it's right. never it's never too late to to get involved, right? Well, it seems to me.
0: I agree with you and, and wholeheartedly I agree with Rob in that he loved sharks ever since he was a child. He was fascinated with them and I was as well, but you know, I grew up in a landlocked place in Colorado and didn't have an opportunity to meet a shark until much later in life. But for the longest time, they were mythical creatures Mm -hmm. like a dinosaur. No, for sure. So they're boys will be boys. They're going to love like the crazy monster, most, uh, intricate and, and you know, um, How shall I put it, but uh, efficient predators? Right. You know, we like those kind of animals. So, sharks are alluring in that respect. So, he loved sharks, and that's why he chose them in the first place, is because he had such a passion for them, wanted to get involved in the process of hopefully showing the rest of the world a shark through his eyes and through his camera.
1: Well, I loved how he says uh, I wanted I wanted the world to fall in love with sharks as much as I did. Yeah. which is really cool. It is right? really cool on so many levels.
0: Yeah, it's great. And and you know, especially at that time period, they were all villainized and they were all in in the realm that we were talking about earlier with jaws and and they were just the demons of the sea. So For this kid to walk in and say, "Um, I think that they got a bad rap. Maybe we got to change this around. And then to witness the extreme challenges that the species was facing with all the overfishing and the shark finning and the soup. And then all of a sudden he goes to film sharks and there's none left. You know? Yeah. So that'll light a fire under your ass if anything will. All of a sudden what you love is being taken
1: away from you and exploited on a massive scale. So that's where he got involved in film it's it is remarkable to think of the impact this film had and his story had yes it really i mean the rip ripple effect may not even be an appropriate metaphor in some respects no it's a
0: tsunami I'm, effect maybe well, <laughs>
1: so many people i've met who 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 i might have mentioned the film to or talk about doc documentary or whatever i mean his name comes up the yeah. film comes up i saw that as a student i saw well we got the marine biologist yeah. that we started the conversation with right? right I mean that's remarkable yeah right I love that stuff It's inevitably just, it's a reason to get out of bed in the morning it seems to me
0: and yeah. I that's the reason I get out of bed these days you mm. know even after everything in this bumpy road that we've been yeah, down over the course of the last little while it's Rob and his inspiration that remind me like it's an amazing privilege to get up and fight for what you love
1: it is kind of a privilege it's it's hard to look at it that way sometimes but I think it I think you're right I think it's important to to surround yourself with a community of people who believe the same thing too you And know. clearly clearly Rob did that yeah right? it seems to me and anyway. I
0: agree with you and, and you know it goes back to your question of like don't you get mad don't you sometimes want to be around animals and not human beings and yes all that is true but to have his inspiration has been mm. one of the greatest gifts for me personally You know, I started out as his his yoga teacher, but he ended up
1: teaching me a whole hell of a lot elsewise. Mm. The film wasn't, and... as much of a tearjerker as I thought it might have been, which in a way I think I'm glad about, yeah. for a variety of reasons, I'm yeah. going to go back and, and, and watch it again for sure, but the last time you went diving with them was in January 2017, I believe yep, on the last yeah, day. it's it, you know, it's that that was probably the hardest moment for me in the film, because obviously everyone who's going to see this film sort of knows what's coming in a way, and yet right. they don't know how you guys are going to tie up the loose ends, yep. you know in, 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 a, in a such a beautiful way um, is that is that the bumpy road? Is that the rocky road you're talking about? Yeah, the, just uh, yeah. Where, where where are you guys at with that as a team? As I mean, clearly the movement is still happening, and, it and is. I want to talk about the the, the really positive uh, uh, work around drift fishing that you talked about earlier. Yeah. But, but can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Rock? sure. You know, like it's
0: uh, that that scene, and uh, you know, as you can imagine, I've had to watch it every day for the last year and a half t- year and 10 months it is yeah, now you sure know? sure so it's it's not been easy it's been excruciating and um, you know it, it's beautiful that we have this library of Rob in so much as I feel like he's still with us and he is still with us and I communicate to him regularly <laughs> you know some people might find that weird but <laughs> it's just part of the deal you know? that's like, right it's we just, learned, just the way it is we learn to well, speak energy in the water at, you know? i'm pretty
1: sure as people will see i watch for i'm pretty sure brock appears for a brief cut wearing a spiritual gangster t-shirt I'm pretty that's, that sure. is true okay so that is yeah, true yeah, yeah, yes. so take it from there folks yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that's exactly right and that's our mo you know we we operate as you know spiritual gangsters and warriors of love for this planet right, for the ocean right. you know that that's how we roll so we learned to speak energetically whilst he was here and that's carried on to wherever he is next and uh he's he's doing a lot to conduct this mission and to right, direct right. this movement and this film moving forward so it's been a beautiful thing to witness all the synchronicities right. and coincidences i don't believe in coincidences but you know what i mean by that yeah, no for sure by the amazing things that happen and some of the amazing scenes that have played out right in front of my lens since he's gone and I'm just like holy shit did that just really happen
1: right nice uh, thank you <laughs> yeah like little little affirmations little affirmations yeah, yeah. Yeah. do you think the do you think the movement uh, will continue to gain momentum as a result of shark shark water extinction i mean i'm sure there's kind Absolutely. of a kind of a, like a status quo like uh, edge to the whole movement since the film began, yeah. right? Yeah. Activists all over the world, no doubt. But but maybe you can answer that while you talk about the drift fishing win.
0: Yeah, the thing with uh, my belief in this film is that now all of a sudden there's a whole nother sector of the population that's going to care about it. Right. If there's any beauty or silver lining in this, it's that now the movie will have a. A lot of attention from people that could care less about sharks Mm. but are inspired by this young man that is a hero and fought so passionately and gave everything that he had for what he loved and for what he believed in that's a great story in as of itself that's the kind of thing that legends are made of Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. the story that lives for hundreds of years so if there is any silver lining in this it's that Rob's message will continue on and it will gain steam because of his sacrifice and he had a mantra and a motto while we were filming and it was always like, Well, would it be good for the film? Okay, let's do it. Right. You know, like right. and we'd talk about like, Well, this is kinda of dangerous. What if one of us gets hurt or what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And the answer was always the same and it was with that question, Well would it be good for the film? Okay, let's do it. And he was fearless in that sense. And by that I don't mean reckless or cavalier. Right. He just always knew to do what he needed to do. He had to be willing to step forward and be willing to dive struck, right in. He
1: struck me. He, I remember the first time I met him was at a coffee shop on Bloor, and he arrived on a longboard, and, and I used to skateboard years ago. Yeah. And, and I just kind of, it was just it was a nice nice little moment. And he struck me as the type of guy who was always, you know, just a little bit on the edge, you know, popping his head out of the water a mile and a half away from where he should have been, yeah. but still the consummate pro, yeah. period. Yeah. Right. From a technical perspective, and just you know, I, that that's the sense I always got.
0: I got to tell you, dude. I mean, I have never. I've been in the water a lot now at this point. You know, fifteen years as a diver and thousands of dives probably. And Rob was amazing in the water. I've I've never seen anybody quite like him. And uh, as a shooter, I've, he taught me how to shoot camera. You know, mm-hmm. and over time, and I didn't really recognize what an artist he was a Picasso of sorts he was a master with the light and the lens and he really figured out how to do it and I didn't I didn't understand how good he really was until Hmm. I had to pick up the torch a little bit figure out how to do it and then hire other people to try to step in and fill his place in some spots and man he was great so you're right consummate pro always calculated always extremely detail oriented you know yeah but brave at the same time Brave
1: and, and 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 i just so love the shots you guys have included in the film it's at, so at home yep so at home and isn't that a lesson to all of us right to find that place wherever it is most of us probably aren't going to swim with sharks Yep. <laughs> or wear speedos in our own skin but, you but know? right right and and what i love about robin about his life and about his story and it's his passion his hopeful idealism i mean he talked about you know if, if people knew they, I love this. If yeah. people knew, they'd hold our governments accountable. That's right. I agree with them to a point, and then I go, no, no, they wouldn't, right? That's the cynic in me coming out, uh, right? I can understand but that. But the hopeful cynic in me says, no, you got to go to bed, and you got to fight for it. So yeah. things like supply chain transparency legislation around, and Canada's being pushed on that, around yeah. clothing and sweatshops. And where do we actually get these things? Where does the, where does that meat actually come from? Is it really a scallop? I mean, these are things that governments can do some things yeah. about, and we as Canadians can as well. Yeah, and right? as citizens we, citizens, we must in, yeah. insist yeah. upon it, yeah. and that brings up that California
0: driftnet fishery. Yeah, go, go. You yeah. know, like, um, what's amazing is that this battle has been waging for 15, 20 years trying to shut this fishery down. It's one of the most destructive methods of fishing possible, and it's always stalled out on the steps of the capital and never been hmm. able to push all the way through. So several years ago, Rob and I started talking, and we took it upon ourselves with that same attitude. If people knew better, they'd do better, mm-hmm. you know? And nobody went out and had gone diving on these nets before so we took it upon ourselves let's go get it we got to get the footage we got to show people what's happening and the level of massacre that's happening in our own backyard of California so we did we went out we went diving on these nets we found atrocities that I saw my first thresher shark you know Hmm. Hmm. never see a thresher shark in the wild it's really challenging to find they're super shy animals so to Garner a glimpse of one and then watch it, Mm. you know, perish in front of you was a heartbreaker. But then showing these images to the public, everyone's like, not on my watch. This is California for crying out loud. We're not going to have it. Well, I'm going to stand up and we're going to say something. And finally, with that footage and with the movement that it created, petition was signed by millions of people and went through. It passed the Senate, it passed the House, and now it's a law.
1: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love the fishery I, is over. I love the fact that you guys uh, went out the day or whatever it was a few days before, flying over, getting photos, looking for the ships and the nets yeah. that you were going to go diving you know? for the next day. I yeah. just think that's the best. It was best. that afternoon, and then we went out that Didn't night. We, and, the, you know, yeah.
0: it, was, it was like we take a page out of... You know the movies. Yeah. How do you, how do you yeah. go find these how guys? You, yeah. Well,
1: let's hire a plane and go find them. Yeah, and you know, have a so really go good camera. Yeah. yeah. So, so we got to wrap it up. Uh, sadly, I hope maybe we can do a part two down the road. But uh, and I wish you all the success in the world with the theatrical coming up, which is the nineteenth of October. You got it. And uh, this website sharkwater.com. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. What What's next for you? Is it Is it just hitting the pavement? Is it touring? Is it Is it interviews? Is it more of this? It's more of this. Yeah. You
0: know, we got to get all this information out there yeah, and sure. get as many people to see the film as possible but then also to continue on with the work rob and i both knew that the film isn't the work it's opening the door to the work we need to do yeah so you know it's going to instigate hope and change and it's going to inspire a lot of folks to jump on board with us but we we got to do some other things too we got to stop fishing sharks we just have to and i won't rest until sharks are safe and the oceans are a safe place to be
1: Brock Cahill talking today in uh, Toronto about uh, their new film, uh, Sharkwater Extinction, opening October 19th uh, coming soon to a theatre near you I, I, I often say that kind of uh, as a bit of a joke but it's, it's but officially it's true. true, folks <laughs> get out there and see it, support, support Rob, support Brock support the team and, and check out the site sharkwater.com and celebrate the win in California against drift fishing and, and however you might imagine doing that Brock, thanks for your time today, I really, pleasure, really yeah. appreciate it thank you